back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Sean Stein-Smith, who is the assistant professor at Lehman College. Hello, Sean. How are you? And welcome to the podcast. Doing well, Sean. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. Uh, we had spoken last at the Engage conference in Las Vegas, obviously a huge finance and accounting conference that takes place every year. Uh, we talked a lot about where your area of expertise and in particular your specialty is at the moment. Uh, and it's just been for quite a while now in blockchain and crypto space and all things developing in industry. So I'm super excited to dive into all of that and hear from an expert. However, before we get there, what would be great is for our audience to become more familiarized with you, to hear more about your background and how you got to where you are today. So if you wouldn't mind, please share with us. Absolutely, Sean. And so uh, I'd say prior to my transition to my, my current role in a higher education, more of a corporate training type of role. I'm I have a background in corporate accounting and corporate IT, where where I was employed for about nine and a half years, um, doing the whole range of, of items, right? From budgets to IT upgrades, forecasts, bank recs, all and all of, of sort of the traditional roles. And then as I was actually finishing up my PhD research, and and that was about the back half of 2015. I heard about this this whole blockchain thing, this whole Bitcoin thing, and I was super interested in it at the time. But but I was only able to really get into it at the very end of 2015 and early 2016. And then honestly, I've been uh, hands on uh, ever since. Right, I do a lot of corporate trainings, corporate consulting uh, on the payment side, tax side, anything connected to trying to get blockchain or or Bitcoin or other crypto assets to work for the enterprise, right? To work for entrepreneurs and then also trying to educate folks working in corporate accounting, public accounting, audit, tax, corporate finance, how to best handle clients who are delving into the space. And so and so I've authored you know, articles, books, and I have a weekly uh, column at Forbes where where I you know write op eds almost uh, every single week on this whole ecosystem area. That's an incredible amount of experience. I have so many questions. Uh, I imagine <laughs> at the moment you're probably been kept pretty busy because it's been a very active space. I feels like for years at this point, but. Uh, Let's see, best place to start, I think, in case anybody who's listening in is less familiar with the blockchain or crypto space, can you give kind of an overview or a one-on-one, if you will, in terms of helping them connect the dots, in terms of what it might mean and what activity might look like in accounting and finance? Absolutely. So the so the best way that I have found to try to introduce a blockchain or crypto right to a uh, newer entrant into the space is to almost think about blockchain as it's a... Uh, decentralized shared record of transactions. Okay, part one. Part two is it's a traceable, transparent, and unable to be altered record of transactions. And so on those points, uh, it has an incredible, or it is going to have and is having an incredible impact on anything to do with with audits, uh, attestation, or even income tax file. Right, because if a entity, right, be large, tiny, nonprofit, for-profit, whatever, 
if that entity has access to a transparent shared record that is unable to be altered and it's updated in real time, then all of that basically then opens up the actual door for a whole bunch of other activities, be it real-time auditing, real-time tax collection, and, and having that option in Audi to then go in there and to pop the hood and to actually gauge and judge how the entity, how the business is actually, is how it's interacting based on current policy changes, either inside the company or outside. And then adding on to that, right? Um, so I probably... I always like to start with Bitcoin as the easiest introduction, right, to this whole crypto asset space, which is Bitcoin and a whole host of other assets out there. But but as far as Bitcoin goes, it is an application running on top of an underlying blockchain. Okay, so basically, if the internet has applications like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the rest, blockchain also has applications like Bitcoin, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, and other assets like that. And so obviously Bitcoin, it it obviously is a really volatile asset class, but the but the core traits here is that Bitcoin, it's a form of internet currency, right? That is unable to be managed, governed, or controlled by any one entity. And so it really is sort of the purest essence of what uh, blockchain is actually trying to do, right? The whole point of blockchain crypto, don't forget, uh, ultimately it was actually built to then to then actually take control, custody, and access out of the third party institutions, including us, and to instead hand it back to the individuals and entrepreneurs trying to conduct transactions and to share data on a true peer-to-peer basis. An excellent job of describing what can become a very nuanced and difficult topic that gets very technical very fast. <laughs> the uh, analogies are super helpful as well. Also, I imagine for others as well. Uh, I know yes. a bit because a big part of my background is tech as well. Also, nowhere sure. near as much as you do. But I have a couple of questions and I'm thinking through kind of the best ones to ask so that our audience gets the most value out of this our, our time together in this episode. And probably the next best one I would ask you first is where you see blockchain as a technology or infrastructure, crypto technologies as well, also either already having had or expected to have the biggest impact in terms of how it pertains to the industries of accounting and finance. Because fundamentally, right, I think a large part of the inspiration was to have as dramatic an effect on these industries as they probably can. But those are pretty wide ranging, right? So I'd love to hear your thoughts in terms of like what you've seen so far and what you believe is next. Yeah, sure thing. So probably the the two most direct impacts on corporate accounting, public accounting, audit, tax, finance is that one, it's a ton of uh, work for all of us right now, right? It's it's a whole bunch of work for us to handle. And then two, right, that those uh, obstacles and those questions are also in real time translating into opportunities right and so a so just a handful of the real direct world impacts that, that i've seen firsthand is that one audits aren't going to become obsolete but they are going to fundamentally change right now anybody who's ever been audited been, been on an audit knows that one they aren't fun and two 
And two, the actual audit process is not perfect, right? There is no 100% audit, continuous audit, or, or any of those more aspirational goals because, one, having to manually go through and analyze every transaction, every piece of information is not possible. And then two, having access to that information in real time is, is also not possible until, we, until we've seen firms, be it in the uh, finance and accounting side or our external clients actually onboard in-house blockchains. And so the real sort of one-two punch that I've seen and it's always important to have in mind that blockchain and crypto aren't perfect tools, right? They aren't magic items either. But I've seen the the best applications have been blockchain with automation, right? Be it blockchain with with uh, with bots or artificial intelligence or RPA, right? And so having this traceable, transparent unable to be altered record that I can access in real time combined with automation, that opens up a whole other uh, world of, of opportunities outside of just audit, tax, compliance, right? Because as we all know, uh, ESG is a, is a tremendously hot area right now, and it's critical, right, for every company of every size. But how do you analyze? How do you quantify? How do you have access to all of that non- quantitative data, right? That, that sort of one-two punch of having a un, unhackable record of transactions and information combined combined with automation can honestly open up all, all, of, uh, all of those opportunities. And then two, right? The other sort of bigger picture impact is that for, for firms who are trying to get out of just doing the traditional tax planning, tax filing roles, which all of us should be trying to do anyway. Um, this whole rise of crypto investing, crypto holding is opening up a whole new ecosystem of advisory opportunities around tax, right? Because don't forget the, the you know, uh, age brackets who are the most active buyers and holders of crypto are the two age brackets, which I won't name names here, but they, but they are the two age brackets that are the 40 and under crowd, right? And so as these individuals be, become more entrenched in their career, acquire more assets, there is going to be a higher percentage of the wealth being invested to be allocated to non-traditional assets, including crypto. So, so on the one hand, there are current opportunities happening right now to expand the, the current work being done. And then two, as this well, ecosystem continues to become more mainstream, all of that is also going to open up other opportunities that are connected to, but actually build on our current roles. Super interesting. This I want to unpack that first uh, component that you responded with in terms of Marrying those technologies together, that being blockchain, especially combined with an automation and the real power that lies there. For some of our listeners, I imagine they may be thinking, what might that look like or what does that already look like? Can you give us a couple of forms of examples that may either already be in use or are coming or 
just in theory, what that might look like and how that's different from how these firms may be operating today with the technologies that they're currently using. Absolutely. So, so a few of the more sort of concrete uh, examples there, Sean, is is one, right? The the combining of bank recs, AR recs, payment recs, uh, trying to automate that, right? Because anybody who has worked at at any firm, uh, I've been there myself. That at the end of the month, the quarter, the half year, you're trying to match up everything: your bank recs, your AR recs. And then, and then the coordination with the folks over in AP Treasury—that's always a a a headache. And a big part of that is not having one shared record, okay? One shared record of who paid what to who when, okay? So, so having a in-house blockchain or being a part of someone else's blockchain can help on that path. And then two having access to all of this information in real time as it happens, right? So to having that that record shared between all interested parties combined with having access to analyze or to uh, have insights created from it in real time, I mean, it's a great introductory sort of use case that I've seen quite a bit. Um, and then uh, probably two, what I've seen quite a bit of and as a, another introductory sort of use case here is uh, inventory management. So be it you know more traditional inventory, be it cannabis inventory, which which uh, which is forecasted to be a hundred billion dollar business, by the way, by twenty twenty six. So uh, and so so any of those industries right that have high value inventory that has to be managed. Right, the jewelry, artwork, cannabis, uh, drugs of, of of all kinds. Having that one now up to date record shared by by us, the firm, our clients, and our client suppliers. Having that one common ledger, so everybody knows who's up to date on what, and then who has to reorder what as it happens, is a great first step. And then two, having that that up-to-date record is key for automation. And to just add some context there, Sean, right? There is endless ongoing chat, right? About blockchain, about crypto, about RPA, AI, bots, automation, AR, VR, the metaverse, whatever. But in, in order to actually capture any of those upsides, right? And in order to have any of these automation tools, bots or RPA or or AI, in order to have those operate as advertised and to actually help us and to help our clients make better business choices, these applications and tools have to have access to up-to-date and correct information. And the only way to have, or or one one powerful way to have access to that complete and up-to-date and accurate information is to have that information stored on a blockchain. Now, I won't dive into the operational guts of the you know, hows of that, but in order to have information on that blockchain in the first place, there has to be, at some level, some group approval of that data. So now, I, so I have data having been approved and authorized by the uh, entities 
by the firms, by the suppliers, the customers who are involved in those transactions. Now I have all, all of that information stored on a transparent, traceable, and unhackable record. And, and so then now I can really start to leverage the opportunities of automation, right? To have access to it in real time, to have real-time analytics, and to then, adding up to that ultimately, help help us as advisors, help our clients sort of get more real-time analytics, and then adding up to that, help them actually have more time to focus on, on the going forward picture as opposed to going back. Super interesting. Yeah, you make some excellent points about, I think, how people think of modern technology and especially updating older, obsolete, archaic systems and wanting to leverage you know, technology and automation. It's really difficult to do if you don't have the infrastructure for it. So a lot of what you're talking about is like the foundational elements enabling kind of the real outcomes that you want to get to. There's a lot of steps you just can't skip. And blockchain makes a lot of this possible because a lot of these things inherently are built in or it's incorporated by design, right? So now all of these possibilities are real if you're leveraging the technology, which fundamentally covers those bases, which previously may not have been something you had access to, right? Because um, it just wasn't designed in from the beginning. So I, I would also love to hear you talk a little bit about where you've seen some of the best examples of the technology being applied in industry, some of the you know more popular use cases and companies and things like that. Like I know I've read some fascinating case studies about like what Walmart and institutions like that have done with blockchain, which is super interesting, which really I think help connect the dots for a lot of folks too, to get a better understanding. I mean, in accounting and finance and accounting in particular, I think it's a little bit easier because terms are being thrown out like ledger, right? Which make a whole lot more sense to accountants than they do probably to a lot of other folks. But uh, in terms of where you've seen some of the most interesting applications of the technology uh, in terms of moving things forward in industry. I'd love to hear from you. What are some of your favorites? Sure. Um, so I'd say probably the uh, example that is oftentimes sort of trotted out is the IBM partnership with uh, Walmart to then to the basically trace and track any of their fresh produce that 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 is ultimately being uh, being sold at their stores, right? But there are a but there are a handful of other really interesting applications. One, anything to do with any food transportation, right? Because all of us have heard of the almost endless outbreaks of illness linked to food, and so having those insights to be able to trace from point A to B to C in real time where the illness popped up, right? Having those Having those real-time analytics is critical going forward. And then you too. Now I now I do know everyone's tired of talking about vaccines and shots and boosters. I get it too. But having access to that information, who who is dosed with what, where, when, how much, all of that is a ongoing fact that has to be dealt with, right? And there are some real interesting use cases. I know IBM is actively trying to get a COVID vaccine passport up and running. Don't know the, the uh, current state of that. But all of that is ultimately uh, a, a application of blockchain that is going to be here going forward. And then adding on to that one sort of more headline-driven one, but the whole idea of trying to 
operationalize the blockchain for healthcare. It's a tremendous problem that's oftentimes over, overlooked, right? That there are billing errors, treatment errors, medical errors that, that happen every single day. That, that, that cause uh, physical harm and economic harm. So having those, those sort of real use cases where ultimately, right, the, the best way to advertise or to get people to buy in, be they entrepreneurs, institutions, policymakers, to a technology being mainstream is to show how the tool itself can produce bottom line benefits, sure, and also external benefits, right, for the people using it. And to just sort of uh, cap off right, some of the more interesting applications here, you know, there, there, there is this whole process that anybody who's ever bought real estate, sold real estate, uh, understands quite well, it's a, it's a painful process, right? It's a painful process. It's a lot of paperwork and it takes forever. So if you have records, and I do know there are arguments that, yes, we already have records of who owns what, but obviously it, it is not perfect, right? So there's opportunity for some upgrades here, right? Echoing on your previous point. So having the records and ownership and title over who owns what's stored on a, on a uh, property blockchain could really cut down on the time and the costs uh, linked to buying, selling, good estate. So. Great examples. And I, I think just hearing you uh, share all of those examples, it becomes easier to understand how we may leverage this technology to apply to modern problems that have underperforming or solutions today that are flawed more significantly than this technology promises to produce, uh, right? I mean, anything that needs to be audited and tracked, which is pretty much anything, <laughs> has the opportunity <laughs> to be right. disrupted with this technology, right? Exactly. That's the idea is to be able to do exactly that. So uh, it's, it's really encouraging. Uh, it's really promising. And that leads me kind of into my next question. Uh, since you have unique insight here and expertise, given your background, uh, as if I'm sitting here, thinking, if I'm a managing partner of a firm in finance or accounting, probably what I'm thinking is, all right, we're in the middle of 2022 right now, right? These technologies have been around for a few years. We see some unique applications that are doing some cool things, but what does this mean for the future of my industry? For accounting and finance, what does potential disruption from these technologies look like? And when would you expect it to happen? Is it going to happen in a matter of phases? Do you expect it to happen relatively quickly? Love to uh, get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, sure thing. So, so what I would say there is that in terms of you know how it's going to change how a firm operates, right? I would say that it's is going to happen in phases, but that once the phases start, it's always going to happen faster, faster than you would think, right? And so part part one is already underway, and it's and it's easy to be. You know, and, and it's easy to have this fact overshadowed by the headlines around price volatility, bankruptcies at some of these platforms and NFTs, all the rest. But that ultimately, right, the actual volume of transactions using crypto is going up year over year over year. And the individuals who are most apt to be entrepreneurs, business owners, content creators, all the rest are those exact same individuals most interested in owning 
than using crypto assets. So part one is already here. And part one, I found in almost every case is, is having the option to be paid in crypto or to use crypto for external payments. And that's almost always part one. Part two is then normally being a part of some larger underlying blockchain. Now, obviously, right, the the vast majority of ent- uh, firms out there or entrepreneurs aren't going to build out their own in-house blockchain, right? Cost too much and, and, it, and it's not worth it. But so then part two is then by by being the advisor to a bank who's a part of some other blockchain, then all of us are now part of that uh, external blockchain. And so part two then is, is having us have to basically train ourselves, educate ourselves and our teams to be able to understand how having some information and transactions being stored, stored, shared and transferred on a blockchain impacts our own internal processes, workflows, and internal audits. That's, uh, that's part two. And then part three is ultimately trying to offer more direct products and services right, to our clients directly linked into their crypto asset and uh, other blockchain-based activities. But I would say that, that, for, that for most firms out there, I would say that Probably by the end of 2023, right? There are going to be clients of yours who are asking you questions around, hey, I'm being paid in crypto or I'm paying or I'm paying people in crypto. How do I deal with this? And so then after that part one starts, it goes awfully fast. Super well said. Yeah, the accelerating tech curve, especially when a new generation comes in or new evolution, uh, like family of technology starts to become adopted that is always kind of accelerated throughout. So it's an important it's a distinction and point to make for sure. And I'm sure Dr. Sean will be at the forefront of the whole wave as well too, which means everybody needs to learn from you as much as possible to be prepared for all of this. Uh, uh, Sean, I can't thank you enough for being here. I could I could ask you questions and learn from you all day about uh, these topics. There's so much uh, really interesting content to cover and there's so much underway, so much activity in this space. So I appreciate you being here. I've got a couple questions for you before we let you go. And the first one is, are there any resources in particular that you would point folks to to learn more about anything we talked about here or any of the work that you do? I know you produce a lot of content, so I want to make sure that we mention that as well, too, as part of the episode. Yeah, sure thing. So I would say that that for some great uh, external resources on this stuff, the AICPA, cpa.com, have a whole host of courses or resources, aids, white papers on everything that that. I've talked about here from blockchain to crypto to RPA to AI. That's that's a cool that that's a great resource. And then uh, I I always publish a lot of content, but probably the easiest place to find me is at Forbes each week at Sean Steinsmith. Fantastic, thank you, Sean. Uh, we'll link to all that in the show notes as well too. And then the last question I have for you before we let you go is: Who should reach out to you, and how can they get in touch? Sure. So I would say that anybody who is in the corporate accounting, corporate finance, audit tax space, who is interested in trying to learn more on these topics and trying to get them integrated either into their firm or clients, I'm always happy to uh, uh, have those conversations. And I'm easy to find. 
on social media. I'm on Twitter at Sean Steinsmith and on LinkedIn at Sean Steinsmith. Fantastic. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you being here. We'll link to all in the notes as well, too. If anybody would like to learn more about anything Sean has shared, please check that. That's affiliated with the episode. And I want to thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge and experience with our audience. All right, Sean. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Accounting Automation. I hope you found it valuable. I help accounting firms scale their profit exponentially without needing to hire any additional accountants. So if your firm is in growth mode and can't keep up, I'd love to talk to you more about how I can empower your firm to do more with less through automation and technology. To learn more, visit my website, nextstep.io, or email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstep, N-X-T-S-T-E-P, dot I-O. Hey folks, Sean here, and I want to thank you for engaging with my content and encourage you to sign up for my free five-day video email course called Bottleneck Buster. Bottleneck Buster is designed to show you how to boost the profitability of your firm without hiring. You'll learn where your firm is wasting time, how to get that time back, and how to reinvest it to drive greater profitability. Sign up for the course at bottleneckbuster.com.